BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey, I'm Molly Sims. And I'm Amisha Gormley. We're two girls obsessed with one thing, beauty. beauty. And by that, we mean everything that makes you look and feel beautiful. We're calling on our favorite health experts, industry insiders, and friends to answer all your beauty questions. With a drink in hand. Definitely with a drink in hand. <laughs> You're listening to Lipstick on the Rim with Molly Sims. All right, you guys, before this episode begins, I have to tell you that we had a few technical issues with M&I's audio. The guests who are not going to tell you who it is yet, but we know you will be obsessed with her. Anyways, her audio sounds perfect, but M&I, we really don't sound crystal clear, but let's be real. Who wants to hear us anyway? Um, let me tell you, the content is amazing, and it's just it's too good not to use, and you'll understand why if you keep listening. So just as a disclaimer, we know that our audio wasn't the greatest, but this episode was so fun for us to record, and we know you guys are going to love it. Oh, hello. Well, good morning, good day. Good evening, good, good evening. night. Okay, today we are talking about one of our favorite things. Today we're going to be talking about all things wellness, right? I, because our mental health... <laughs> It's a little strained right now, to say the least. It's a little strained. It's a little, uh, you got a little, a little tapped up. In we the got a little tapped and out. And that's why today's guest is so important because we're going to be speaking to Kate Spees from Well and Good. And you guys, if you don't know Well and Good, it's basically, it's our trusted advisor to the wild world of wellness and beauty. They set trends. They talk about living a whole life, a well life, both inside and out. It's been around since 2010. We're so excited because we got Kate on today and she's going to be talking about all the beauty and wellness trends for 2022. Kate, we're so excited. We're so happy. I mean, I have been an avid follower for many years. I think you guys do such a great job of empowering women, educating communities, and overall, just really focusing on all over mental health across wellness, fitness, beauty, food. You really do really cover the gamut of all things health and wellness. And even though we are a mainly a beauty, which we kind of feel if you look good, you feel good. And if you feel good, you look good type of platform in terms of, you know, focusing on beauty. We love wellness and all that it encompasses. And so we are so happy to have you on to talk about kind of what's next. I mean, I think for Emisha and I, she, you know, out of COVID moved to New Jersey from being in the city for 20 plus years. I, for someone who traveled and was always on the go, 
I really stayed in LA going back and forth a little bit to New York. I know I'm so excited to talk to you and learn more about, you know, everything that you guys do is because wellness is such a broad world to navigate and there's so much that goes into it. And it's such an easy term to throw around, but what really is wellness and how do you achieve it? Mm -hmm. And I think that's something that is really important right now, because I think a lot of people are on the brink and have struggled so much over the last year and a half. Let's kick it off. Yeah, let's kick it off with Wellness 2022. Where are we coming from and where are we going? Oh, there is so much. I couldn't agree with you both more. It has been a really tough 18 months for everyone. We have heard from our community that mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, people are struggling. And we're really seeing that reflected in a lot of the trends that we're seeing for next year. So I think the trends that have taken place over the course of this year have really been focused on survival and just getting everyone through the year. There was a lot of at-home fitness and, you know, digital fitness really taking another step up. And there was a lot in the kitchen and really focusing on kind of bringing back cooking and cooking being something that more and more people were taking enjoyment in. But for next year, this is our 12th year of calling trends. So we we definitely have a little bit of form in this space. And there's some really exciting things coming down the pipeline. We can definitely talk specifics, but from a broad brush stroke perspective, I think what we're going to see across the core verticals, which we cover, which is beauty, fitness, food, health, self-care and home is that we're going to continue to see some of these at-home trends that we've seen across all verticals take hold and continue, people will continue down that path. However, there is really in all verticals a trend to let's get out of the house and let's really go back to living a little bit and trying to experience the world again. But in beauty specifically, if we want to dive in there first, some very interesting and kind of forward looking stuff. One of my favorite is it is born of the pandemic. And for a long time, we have seen people using at-home beauty devices. So the Clarisonic is a great example. People have been using that for ages. My skin personally does not like it, but I know that people swear by it. But what we're going to see in 22 is the next gen of at-home beauty devices, and they're really taking it up a level. So LED devices will be flying off shelves. We're really seeing that people's ability to do kind of procedures using ultraviolet and lasers will be taken up a notch. And then products like the Zip, I'm not sure if you're both familiar with Zip, but it is a great product. You are, you use it, are you a fan? For those of you who don't know, what, can we explain what the zip is? The zip is something that you, it's a small little device. It's about the size of your palm. It can sit in your palm and it's really used for sculpting and tightening of the skin. And so you just, it's really easy. You can do two minutes, you can do 30 minutes. It's applied on the skin with an application gel and gives you a really kind of instantly lifted. It stimulates lymph nodes and all of that good stuff. So it's the kind of treatment that in office would cost a ton. Procedures like that, that are usually often offered by derms or estheticians that are really expensive. Instead of paying that cost every month or however often people go, you can buy these tools are 
you know, they're not cheap. They're a couple of hundred bucks ranging up to kind of five to 600. However, they can be used forever. So it is a really cool step towards accessibility in the beauty space. What would be one of the top LED radio frequency tools that you would suggest? If you want to, like, let's do high, low, let's start with high. So the Dr. Dennis Gross, I'm not sure if you've seen, it is great. And so you look hilarious because you are wearing this gigantic gold and white face mask and it's pretty expensive. It's about 600 bucks. Again, it really does, it does last forever. It's medical grade, but that's probably my pick of the best. Really do look like Jason from Halloween. It has like three or four different settings, but I will say it is worth the investment. If this is something that kind of is your issue, you need a little tightening kind of, I don't know. It makes it's you use collagen, right? I mean, it, there's different, there's the blue light, the red light. Great for inflammation. If you have yeah. acne or any bacteria problems. Listen, when I was going through my cystic acne phase, I can remember going to sit at Kate Somerville's. I think it was either the blue light mm-hmm. or which one's the red, I think it's the red light for acne, right? For inflammation. And it would yep. help me. And I, again, I would have to go somewhere, have Pay the treatment, pay like 10 treatments for like, you know what I mean? Like you get your bulk series and now this, these are things that you can do at home. So what would be a lower price one? Skin gym do an LED um, light mask that is, is a lower price point and is still really effective. I haven't personally used it, but some of the beauty editors on our team have, and they say good things. And that's more about 150 to 200 bucks. The one I have at home that I love is, I, I'm going to say it wrong, but I think it's like the Nisse or whatever that, that, mm-hmm. that's, Nisse, right. yep. that's, that's like, that's she's the, the bad puppy. She's like the, she's, she's like the, the, she's the, the kind of LED, LED lights, lights radio frequency. She's good. If you guys can afford her, she is, she's good too. Do you love kind of knowing all the, like getting kind of that inside scoop so early? Yes. It's so fun. We spend so much time on trends. And honestly, if you ask any of my team at this exact moment, while we're in the thick of working on it, they will say that trends are not that fun because we really vet sources. We do a lot of reporting. We work on it for months, but the final product, and to your point, getting this information first is awesome. And it just means that we get to try heaps of cool stuff. So who can complain about that really? Have you tried the Georgia Louise Glow Pro? I have not, but I have heard of it and I've heard great things. It's so great. And it's actually one of the less expensive at home radio frequency devices. devices. It's a good one. You buy the sheet and you put on her, it looks like a little headset almost. And you can just walk around and it really, it's fantastic. So you guys all know by now that we are obsessed. I am obsessed with finding that killer outfit. I mean, Emisha, she is beyond obsessed. And I don't want to sound dramatic, but there's no better feeling than attending an event and nailing your outfit. Kidding, not kidding. I love nailing an outfit. Okay, but realistically, finding that perfect outfit can be quite the task. Honestly, doing all the research is so time-consuming. And as a working mama, it is almost impossible to find the time to do that research. You guys, I have been using this feature for my vacations, and let me tell you, it is unbelievable. Macy's, we all know Macy's, right? Macy's is everywhere. I've been shopping with them for 
25 plus years. They now have a personal stylist service. They will give you expert advice online or in-store for your wardrobe, home, or more. It's so good. I can meet with them over video chat, safely in-store, and they provide so many options for me to choose from. Literally, it's so easy. All you have to do is just tell them your preferences and they'll share personalized style options and pro tips. Really, they're here to take all the hard work out of finding that perfect outfit. They put it all together. So yes, you can start with the dress, but what about the jewelry? What about the shoes? What about the bag? What about the jacket? They literally can show you the entire outfit and then you're like, okay, I like this. I don't like this. I need this. I don't want that. But it's about really creating that great look. And those little tips really do make a difference, especially when you're talking about sizing. Sometimes things run big. Sometimes things run small. They are really honest. And I'm telling you, they're so good. It's the new year. It means it's time to leave that I have nothing to wear back in 2021. Okay. Macy's makes it rediscovering your style effortless with their personal styles who can help you find your look for free, no matter how long ago you think you may have last seen it. You guys visit Macy's.com slash personal stylist to connect with a style expert today. Again, that's Macy's.com slash personal stylist. Hey guys, it's Hunter and Michaela. And this is the Model Citizen Podcast. We wanted to let the members of our community experience a different side of us that they see glimmers of, but never the full force. Exactly. We wanted a place where we could talk unfiltered about anything and everything, including our lives and experiences in the modeling industry, beauty, fashion, dating, sex, marriage, a dash of political commentary, and of course, pop culture, honey. We're going all the way in. Tune in every Thursday for a giggle, a laugh, and maybe even a tear or two. You've just found your new best friends, and we're so happy to have you. Do you still think the mask trend, the whether it's a single mask sheet or we're going back to like in the jar mask for skincare, do you still think that's going to be something or do you think we're going to go away from the single use because of sustainability? I think the latter. I think that people are really, we've seen a much deeper concern among our audience for sheet masks and also any wipes, any form of non-compostable wipe. And so I think that we're moving a little bit away from that single-use stuff. Let's talk a little bit about skincare. What is going to be next or what is actually going to kind of pop in 22? Yeah. So there are two big things that we're seeing in skincare. One has been percolating for a while and that's really this return to skin minimalism. So a lot of people have found that they have sensitized their skin by using too many products. We all got very excited and we wanted to put everything we possibly could on our skin and we were stuck at home. So more time to try stuff. And for a lot of us, we ended up drier, more red, having acne. And really what a lot of derms are saying is they're seeing patients come in with this really hypersensitized skin. And so the beauty industry is very smart and it's very adaptive. And now lots of different brands are releasing products that are really specifically designed for very sensitive, sensitized skin. So more calming ingredients, redness fighting, again, anti-inflammation. So that's one 
exciting part. And why I think it's exciting is because I have rosacea. And so I've always been using those products and they're great for me. So I'm very happy about that. But also it just means that we don't necessarily, we won't feel the need to buy 15 different products. And we can kind of stick to the core four of a good cleanser, a really great SPF, a really great moisturizer and an effective retinol. People are really kind of pairing back to those core four and then layering on for specific needs. In terms of like, what's your favorite skincare right now? Like, give me your favorite moisturizer. I know you can't like name it down to one or two, but No, I can because I'm so boring. And we actually just spoke about this on our Well and Good podcast. I love, it's an Avene tolerance moisturizer. It is like 15 to 20 bucks. It's very affordable. It's light. My derm got me onto it. I thought it was so boring because it's, Avene's great. You know, it's pretty widely available and it's not a SkinCeuticals. It's not a derm. It's sort of not produced by a famous derm, but it has been a game changer for my skin. I can't recommend it highly enough. Okay. So what do you see in terms of like, do you use a retinol? Do you use a vitamin C? Do you use some and not the other and then use the other and not the other? Yeah, I struggle to ever be able to use both, but I do love both. And so I use the SkinCeuticals Retinol honestly, twice a week, max. I think it's great. And I think for people who have tolerance for it, then it's a great daily retinol. But for me, it's a couple of times a week. And then I also like the Drunk Elephant Vit C. I will use that again a couple of times a week in the morning on the days that I'm not using retinol. So I try and use very sparingly. I also think that sometimes we're trying so many products all at once. And you don't actually know what works. And so that's part of why going, you know, paring down to the basics and simplifying your routine, you actually find out what works for your skin. It's almost like an elimination diet, right? Like when you find out what, what affects your body, if you cut things out and sort of put them back into your body, like you'll see what actually causes the issue. It's the same with skincare. You do the same. You can find out what's actually working for you. Okay. In terms of makeup, where do you see it going? We've had a lot of conversations about makeup in the office and really there are some a couple of exciting trends. So one that has been in the works for the past 24 months but will continue over 2022 is this finally seeing Black-owned brands, particularly Black-owned brands focused on makeup products, taking a great amount of shelf space. Really, we all know that there has been a problem in terms of the beauty industry and some of the big beauty suppliers offering enough shades in different makeup products. And because of the great amount of VC money that's finally going into Black-owned beauty brands, we're going to see that we are going to see that problem, you know, mostly erased over 2022, which is excellent. Same deal with hair care. And that's one of our big trends as well, seeing that Black-owned hair care brands are finally getting the shelf space that they deserve as well and that consumers have been asking for for a long time. But with another trend that we're seeing with makeup is this idea of people having fun with makeup again. I think skincare became everyone's obsession and we all were, oh, makeup's maybe not as fun. I'm really into my like pretty skincare products right now. 
then we're all at home just not applying anything to our face, rocking up on Zoom, looking however we rolled out of bed and people are now excited to be playing with makeup again. So brow products, a ton of eye products. People got very excited about eye products when we're still wearing masks on mass and obviously masks aren't going away anytime soon. And so people are really having fun and experimenting with eyeshadows and, you know, brows and different kind of lash treatments. And a really exciting trend in this space is the idea of gender neutral beauty. So products and particularly makeup products that are designed for all genders, that are marketed to all genders and are really fun. So our team's been having a lot of fun with those products, including an incredible glitter brand called Chewed. They're very new. We just had them on one of our beauty video series. And it's such a fun collection of products. It's just like glitter and joy, honestly. I saw that I was in the Chanel beauty store at the mall at Short Hills the other day, and they had the boy line for Chanel beauty, all of the men's makeup. Mm -hmm. The packaging is beautiful. And Mm -hmm. I looked at it and I was like, Am I allowed to like look at this? And they're like, it's gender neutral. And I, but it says boy on it. So I mean, I don't really know how gender, you know right. what I mean? If you're going to make yeah. neutral, don't call it boy. But um, just a thought. But anyhow, it was beautiful. And they, they had like the whole skincare, they have everything. They had lip, it's just gorgeous. What are your thoughts on clean skincare and beauty? Like, what is, what are your thoughts on all of that? A great question. I think that beauty is so personal. We really believe it well and good, like you were saying at the top of the episode, Molly, that beauty is so important for how you feel and actually how you express yourself through your skincare, through your makeup, through the way that you care for your hair and style your hair is huge. And that's a huge part of your well-being. And so that's a long-winded way of saying, I think that people should find what works for them and roll with it. I personally am pretty fine with using a large range of chemicals because there are certain chemicals that I think really work well for my skin or my hair. But I know that some people really aren't comfortable with that. And I think that there are excellent clean beauty lines and really effective clean beauty lines. And so for those people who really want to make sure that they're not using certain chemicals on their skin, I think that there are great options out there for them. But I do want to talk about hair care. I think that skincare for your face was first and then people realize there's also skin on your scalp and skin on your body. And so now we're really seeing that second wave of, to your point, scalp care and body care as well separately. But with scalp care, it's so important. It's really important for everyone. And there are so many products coming to market that are more focused on scalp care. I think that personalization of hair care is going to continue very strong and also waterless hair care. We are just seeing more and more water-free bars entering the market and people are going to be lathering up their shampoo and conditioner like they'd lather up soap. And obviously that's a sustainability effort. So they seem to be the three kind of directions hair care is going in. And then again, on this theme of the lack of representation and diversity in the beauty industry, scalp care in particular 
has been a huge issue. Talking to our community, you know, many Black women have needed to go to the quote unquote ethnic section at pharmacies, obviously an atrocious word and what does that even mean? Or local beauty supply stores that weren't actually even Black owned, but where they could find the masks that they needed for scalp care and scalp health. But because of incredible Black-owned brands, we're really seeing that next year, brands like Bread Beauty Supply and Cavi will be stocked at Target, CVS, and some of the bigger, some of the biggest suppliers, which again, it's, you know, a little bit of a case of too little, too late, but at least steps in the right direction. And there is just going to be far more availability and um, accessibility around those kind of products. What about hair growth? We've seen, you know, this year I've seen more women take Nutrafol, Vivascal, like, you know, kind of the same thing with your lashes, you know, the Rodan and Fields lash boost, like everything is like growing hair. growing hair and shaving your face everyone's dermablading but trying to grow I yeah it's funny that you say neutral because I think that in terms of growing hair it's all about inside out and supplements have been on the rise for many years now vitamins and supplements but we spoke to someone at a big supplement marketplace and they were saying that they just cannot keep products like Nutrafol on shelves. So people are very much looking for that kind of inside out approach to hair growth. Yeah. When I talk about fitness and health, you can pick which one you want to go to, but Let's go to fitness. I think both are important, but let's go to fitness. Fitness is an area. The reason that I think fitness is really interesting right now is because over the last 18 months, fitness is truly one of the industries that has been accelerated by like a decade. There are changes in the fitness industry that just would not have happened this quickly had the pandemic not forced these changes. So the hybrid approach that so many brands are now taking to fitness really was born of the pandemic and was so essential. And so brands that had always been only IRL now have really robust digital offerings. And the third wave of that is personalization. So all of these brands that have now gone digital realized that the thing that was missing in their digital offering was that in-person coaching that you get in classes. So they're meshing the two. And now what we're going to see with the next wave of digital fitness is really one-on-one coaching using AI technology. And I think it is so cool. As someone who has done sport and fitness my whole life, I really, I love digital fitness. I love the accessibility of it and I love how easy it is, but I really miss that coaching element and I really miss the modification and the training piece. And you'll be able to do that right from home, which I think is cool. Yeah, we were literally just talking about this. It is crazy how far fitness has come. Yes. You don't have to drive. You can go downstairs. You can go upstairs. You can go. I mean, you literally at this point could do it in your bathroom. We were learning about this app yesterday. I called Flex. Flex Flex Fit or something. Mm -hmm. The app where you're able to connect with a personal trainer. Like any, it's like Uber called it. It's like Uber for a trainer. And I think that's so smart. I mean, I will say that. So smart. In peak COVID, I had worked with a hit trainer and I would do FaceTime training with her when we were up in Ellisville. And I would, it was like 
the hour of like running up the stairs that she would make me do. And just the different things just to keep my body moving because you were stuck inside a house and it was the middle of winter in, you know, Western New York, it was very cold. So that was like my lifeline to getting exercise. But I think that's what's, it forced us to get creative with how we look at our, our ability to work out. I think we've sort of, we're like, oh, we're just going to go to the gym. We're going to go to a workout class. And now it's like, oh, I don't have to do that. I don't have to waste 45 minutes driving to the 405 to the one. Exactly. Do you feel that a certain trend is coming in terms of it's going to be more of yoga, you know, more yoga or more Pilates or more weights or more hit? Do you have any insight on what's to come in that in those different areas? It's such a good question because we always, as part of trends, really like to focus in on the modality that is going to be the one for the year to come. And honestly, this year it was so hard. And I think it's because exactly what you were both just saying that everyone's trying a little bit of everything. So in previous years, we, two years ago, 2019, this trend didn't pan out because no one could go, sorry, it was for 2020 and obviously no one could go to gyms, but we, you know, we'd spoken to SLT and Solid Core and a lot of these mega former studios that had huge national expansion planned. And so we really thought in 2020, it was going to be the year of the mega former. This year, I think we have really seen people embracing low intensity training and really wanting to be a little bit calmer in their workouts and be a little bit more restorative. For next year, it's really tricky. We think that spinning is going to continue to, even though spinning is as old as everyone, we've all been spinning forever. We think that spinning is really going to continue to show its staying power because so many people bought bikes during the pandemic. And so now brands that don't offer at-home tech, so, you know, the non-Pelotons, the non-Soul Cycles are adding cycling classes to their digital apps because they know that so many people have bought bikes. But outside of that, I think that we're really just going to see people continue to try a bit of everything because every single one of the big digital players are really aiming to be one-stop shops. They want to be able to offer strength training, hit training, cycling, low-impact stuff, restorative stretching, and I think everyone's going to continue to try and try it all and really go with what feels right for their body on a particular day. All right, let's switch gears and talk a little bit about health and wellness and taking care of our bodies. And are we, is it pescatarian, keto, low carb? Like what is, what's next in terms of food and, and meal plans? So with food, it's a really interesting one because a lot of people have kind of turned away from restrictive dieting, right? So lots of people are just like, it's been a time. I don't want to eat keto anymore. I don't even want to, I don't want to do whole 30. I don't even want to eat med diet. The only kind of eating plan that seems to really be sustainable and very popular right now is plant-based eating. People are still very interested in plant-based eating in all its myriad forms. So 
flexitarian, pescatarian, vegan, plant forward, all of that is still really popular. And also people really eating which with much more of an eye towards sustainability. So consumers are becoming more and more aware of the climate crisis and how what we eat impacts the climate crisis either positively or negatively. And so we're really seeing products like kelp, which is incredibly sustainable, Kelp is being used in everything. It obviously, you know, seaweed's been used for a long time in sushi and in Japanese cuisine and lots of other Asian and Southeast Asian cuisines, but kelp is really in everything right now. Noodles are my go-to lunch at home right now. So I have, what is it? Kelp noodles. I have been making, they're 25 calories for a whole pack and I make them for lunch and I make, I fake soba noodles. So it's noodles and I make the most delicious lunch and it fills me up. It's so yummy and it's so healthy and it's so low calorie. It's delicious. I eat those noodles as well. I'm celiac and they were one of the, they've been around for a while and I've always eaten them because exactly they're filling they're low-cal, they're healthy and plant-based and gluten-free. And now every second person I talk to is like, oh, I love those kelp noodles. I'm like, yes, yeah. they are great. I don't know. I, we, we literally were having this conversation about like, I'm over like the diets. Yes, everyone is. About the plant-based burgers. Because I, my husband recently spoke to somebody and he said that a lot of those plant-based burgers are actually full of chemicals because to make it taste and and have that like fake blood and all of that. So you think you're doing your body a service by not eating meat, but you're actually putting a lot of really bad stuff in your body by doing that. Is that true? Totally. No, it's very true. So we did a piece a while back, really comparing beef patties and all of the various plant-based patties and they're highly processed. So again, if you know if you're vegan or vegetarian, but you really want the taste of meat, they're a great option. It also they are, you know, purportedly better for the environment, but they're very processed. There are a lot of chemicals in them. There's a lot of ingredients that you can't name. So it's that concept that we were talking of before of like moderation. You know, like have it when you want it. If if something's on a menu you feel like it, go for it. But it's probably not the kind of thing you want to be eating, you know, for lunch and dinner every day. One last thing before we leave food and go on to our rapid fire. Juice. Is it bad? Yes. The same power. Are we leaving it alone? So we love this trend. When one of our food reporters brought this trend up in our first ideation session, we're all like, this is so retro, love it. Throwing back everything from the 90s and noughties is new again. Juice is back, but leaving the detox part behind. So to the point that we were just talking about, people just want to eat whole food. They just want it to be less complicated. They want to feel nourished. They want to feel good, but people love juice. People have always loved juice. That didn't go away. It just had really weird connotations. And now what we're seeing is that local juice shops are popping up in communities and smoothie shops and places that are just, you know, creating great things with fruit. And it's cool to see. They're like grassroots companies. They're small. It's not the big box juice chains. And no one's saying that your juice has to replace a meal. 
And, you know, juice for such a long time has been part of Caribbean and Latinx cultures and, you know, has been really big in different parts of the world and not with, to your point, the like weird manipulation of it, just like really nice, fresh squeezed juice and so people are getting back into the good part of juice a lipstick on the right we do a little rapid fire here kate are you a morning person or night person night person rate your driving skills one to ten 8.5 but i think other people would disagree but i maintain i'm a fantastic driver go to a cocktail oh tough one mezcal margarita Ooh. favorite indulgence watching tv for hours and drinking wine. Oh, <laughs> we can really <laughs> friends. We show the moment. Oh, I just finished Made on Netflix and it was a bit soul destroying, but it was really good. Fantastic. John Wells, Molly, Metzler, they're incredible. It's they created beyond. Beyond. Your must-have beauty product. You have one product. <sighs> Brow gel. Okay. A most underrated beauty product. I'd also say brow gel, but because I've already said that, dry shampoo. Oh, I'm with you. We're with you. I have so much in here right now. What? Same. My head is just dry shampoo. What is your biggest pet peeve? Oh, such a good question. Men who over-explain things because, you know, I'm a woman who works. Oh, Kate, if you could give your 10-year-old self a little bit of advice, what would it be? Really, all those years you spend in your late teens and all through your 20s caring so much about what people think, just stop. Because one day you're going to stop caring anyway, so you might as well just stop it a little bit earlier. I agree with you. You are a badass. You've been with Well and Good since 2018. You can find Kate Spees at I Am Well and Good. There's over a million followers. She she runs it all over there, and they really are the go-to site for all things trends. And you really... You know, you really deep dive. You take a subject and not just go superficial with it, which I think is why you guys have had such a good overall, yeah, viewership for lack of a better way. Because you really do dive deep. It's a one-stop shop. We try. We try. She's so good. I'm telling you, I love, I love the site. Well and good. People definitely check it out. Both I also loved hearing what to expect. Like exactly. I love to know why what we wanted to do this to look out for what to look out for. What do we, what are people starting to focus on? And I think it's, it's so great to like kind of go to one place and have all the different categories. Yeah. And, you know, I love to go down those different roads. I love that I knew about these noodles and the hearts of palm. For the hearts of palm. palm. Something I've been into for, I was into parmini before COVID. You were. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, you guys, you're the best. Thanks Have for listening. Have a great day, night, morning. We love you. Love you. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Lipstick on the Rim with Molly Sims and my ride or die, Emisha Gormley. We are so excited to bring you guys along on this journey. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at Lipstick on the Rim and Molly B. Sims or my website where you can dive just a little bit deeper into my favorite products, trends, and more at mollysims.com. This podcast is a production with Dear Media. Wanted to give a special thanks to my team, Ashley Gasparian, Schaefer Carrillo, Ashley Sanchez, and Michelle Harrison and everyone at Dear Media. Don't forget to listen and follow wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss out on the fun.